Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Oklahoma Drill podcast. Uh, Matt, Vitor, myself here. Andrew, we are going to be covering the interior offensive linemen. Uh, three guys we got to talk about. Most of them actually all are offensive tackles, but with the Jets, they'll be playing guard because that's what the Jets need more. And those three guys are going to be Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, who I will be covering, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, who Vitor is going to take on. And finally, Matt's going to take Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. So first things first, we're going to get started with Tevin Jenkins, uh, 6'5", 322, according to his pro day today. Absolute mauler. Uh, one word to describe Tevin Jenkins is bully. Uh, he's the the highlight pancake block guy of this year's class, where if you see anyone just throwing people into the turf and falling on them and being a man amongst boys, it's probably Tevin Jenkins. And it was and probably against... Just looking at him. Yeah. No, you wouldn't know it by looking at him. Not with his his frame, the way he looks with his face and everything. He's, he, he doesn't look like this hulking monster of a man that he is on the field, but then you watch the tape and he's punishing people. And that's, that's definitely, you know, the big draw with him now for the jets specifically, uh, he's going to be a guard. I think he fits best at right guard where he can use his strengths to their best fit, especially in the jet scheme where he's athletic, but not amazingly. So, and I'm not quite sure he's the guy I want getting out in front and reach blocking a three tech, but he could be a backside on a nose. No problem. Or he could be the, you know, if they run a, a split zone and they run a counter play and they needs to wall off the backside, he's perfect for, I'm going to come in and I'm going to turn my hips to the right and wall off the backside and you're not getting past me. So I think he could definitely fit. And with the jets in their guard situation, even if he isn't the most ideal scheme fit as a mover, He's athletic enough and still better as just an overall offensive lineman in every other area than the guys they have in the roster anyway, even if he isn't the perfect fit. So that's where I think he would line up. I think he would be a great right guard, tough, strong, and most importantly, good in pass protection too. Uh, he could 110% survive uh, at tackle full time. I think all three of these guys could, and they're moving to guard with the Jets because they need a guard more. And there just isn't the guards available that have been guards their whole life that fit, that quite fit the scheme. You know, Wyatt Davis is considered the number one guard, but he's more of a power guy. He's a gap scheme, all the way gap scheme. And he's not the guy you want out in space, reach blocking or, or you know, pulling out three gaps over. You want him just down block, double team, duo, ISO, and let him dig someone out of the hole. And that's great, but it's not what the Jets are going to want to run. So that's... That's where we are here, where we're looking at these guys who are offensive tackles moving into guard because they have the foot speed and the quickness and the athletic profile to survive for what the Jets need them to do. So with that said, Tevin Jenkins would definitely be one of the guys I would consider moving up for because I'm not sure any of them will be available at 23, especially since you have teams like the Vikings and the Chargers and the Colts and the Bears and a bunch of teams ahead of the Jets that need offensive tackles that they're going to draft Tevin Jenkins to be their right tackle while the Jets are drafting him to be their right guard. That's going to cause their value to go up. And so I really hope that with any of these guys that we talk about today, that there will be an opportunity for the Jets to pick them and they aren't just going to fly off the board too quick and they're going to get you know, they're going to get left out in the cold with with a, a big, big hole on their offensive line unless they go after one of these three guys or someone similar. That's a big fear, too. That's uh, a very big fear that we might need to trade up, you know, for in the first round to get our mm -hmm. our next guard. 
And I don't think we can even use Sam as a trading piece for that. No, no. A little sneak peek insight. I have a full first round mock coming out. It'll probably be on JetX Factor in a few weeks where I have the Jets trading from 23 to 19 with Washington. They take Vera Tucker, who Vitor will cover next, and they give up their third round pick number 86 and their sixth round pick number 186. They do not give up Sam uh, because I don't think they're going to want Sam. And that's it's just that. I don't think they're going to want Sam, but yeah. I think they have to trade up to get one of these guys. I agree. I uh, I, I think they're they're going to need to make a move somewhere for sure. Uh, Best scenario for us is giving up Sam, getting up, getting a guy like Vert Tucker or Jenkins, and not losing any picks. But I believe that what you said, Matt, uh, Andrew, will happen. The Jets will have to give up a third or fourth rounder to get one of these three guys. They're really good, and the league needs linemen right now. They're starving for it. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. You guys have anything to add on Jenkins? Uh, I was reading a a quote from him earlier that uh, going into this year, his coaches told him he needed to be more of an asshole, be more of a dickhead. And he took that personally and and he took it to heart too. And it showed very much in his tape. He was out there just being mean. Yeah. And I love that in an interior lineman. You you need that that guy that's just going to get dirty and, Yep. And just you want you want dogs. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You, yep. you want the guy that's pushing on every rep that, you know, they're getting up from the pile and they're they're giving one more shove on the way down, even if it's, you know, four seconds after the whistle, as long as it doesn't get called. Yeah. I mean, then these guys with the, with this type of attitude, they they bring up the rest of the team too. Mm-hmm. It it brings an energy. Yeah, it's an identity. It's like we talked about last week with identity. It's fine guys that fit your identity. And he, he yep. would definitely fit that. I have nothing to say about Jenkins, the player, but I would not trade up for him to play guard. I think his potential would be fulfilled at a tackle. He would be a great right tackle. And I will look at Jenkins and see a great right tackle, the kind of right tackle that will play for a team for like 10 years. I be agree. Solid, be a quicker setter. You know, he would be great at guard. Make me, mm-hmm. don't make me wrong here, but I would love to have Devin Jenkins at, at tackle here for Jets. In a Jets perfect world, I agree with you. To George. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I know like that we. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I know we've talked uh, offline about moving players around early from position to position, and how mm-hmm. we don't like that idea. So Not I know. Deal, if we, no. Yeah, if we bring them in to play guard, and then maybe a few years move them out to tackle, will that stunt his growth? will that affect his play at all? And I am of the mindset that we can just because he has that mindset and he has the talent to do both. Agreed. Uh, so I don't have a problem doing that. Uh, but really, it's w- what do we need right now? And right. does he fill that need? And he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Vidor, I agree with you. Um, I think in a vacuum, if I was grading Tevin Jenkins, I like him better as a tackle because I think he's that good in pass protection. Uh, I think his technique. Really yeah, I think his technique and and the mind games he plays with edge rushers where his like fake punches are are fun to watch. I think he's more than capable of playing tackle, but he could play guard, too. Yeah. And the Jets need a guard way more than they need a tackle. George Fant is, is, is he the most, yeah. Is he the most amazing offensive tackle, right tackle in the NFL? No, but he's more than capable and he's a really good fit for the scheme. 
Yeah, he is. I he think is. that's the, the, the underrated aspect. From, yeah, he's going to make a jump from an average tackle who's likely above average, above average tackle this season. I agree. I see no, that I think so too. At least as a run blocker. I think, yep, yep, exactly. I think it yep. will, it'll definitely work for him. So they don't necessarily need tackle, but in a vacuum, I think Tevin Jenkins would be better at tackle. That doesn't mean he won't yep. be a good guard. I'll move you on that one. Uh, all right, let's get to Elijah Vera Tucker, um, USC Vitor. I'm going to let you have the floor. Okay, guys, this week I went back to watch AVT's guard tape because I really believe, you know, his small arm length will make some NFL teams automatically place in a guard. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really impressed with AVT tape at guard. The guy was solid at tackle this season, but he was a stud at guard for USC. The game against Notre Dame, he dominated everyone. Gap blocks, zone blocks, he was amazing. So, painting his big picture here, I believe Tucker is an athletic player with a great blend of strength and balance. His balance allows him to easily change his direction, which is key for movement blocks, big part of the Jets' offense this year. Especially and his a guard. strength, yep, is mostly generated from his hips and gives it gives him great yep. explosion coming out of his stance. So he's powerful while his stance. This is a rare skill for guards, you know. Many guards trust and handle things with upper body strength. That's yep. not Tucker's game. Tucker is at his best in pass protection thanks to his great hand usage ability. AVT smartly utilizes his wingspan to dictate the rhythm of the matchup versus the defender. What I mean is, he times his, his punches perfectly with his jump set. So, he strikes his punches at the right time. He's jump setting, he waits for the defender to be vulnerable, and then he punches. He doesn't overset, he doesn't punch way too early. He's smart because of that, and he uses his wingspan greatly here. I loved it. And on the running game, I saw Elijah Bird Tucker be good, fine, on gap schemes, down blocks on defensive tackles, no tackles as a guard. He did it, but he will excel, in my opinion, on zone blocking schemes, just mm-hmm. like the ones the Jets are going to run. He's amazing on rich blocks. He moves yep. with a good pad level and always, always, always has flexible hips. Yep, he takes good angles yeah. to the second level of the defense. Yeah. And his ability to keep his pad level low throughout the play is very important. Many guys don't know. You guys, I know that you know it. Mm-hmm. On zone blocking schemes, linemen need to be able to get to the second level and face off smaller players. So yep. how do you beat a guy that's smaller than you? He'll cut you off. No. You keep your center of gravity lower than the defender you're about to block. And Tucker does that so nicely, so well. L and W. Lower man wins and Tucker wins all the time. All the time in this kind of place, I was really, really impressed because it's really, really hard to take angle blocker blocks in the second level when you're a big guy. Um, besides that, I I saw a smart player in Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, mm-hmm. he identified fronts well, and you know, after watching the 2019 Jets line, you know what I do like to praise linemen who can handle stunts. Yes. Because Jesus Christ, the Jets yes. can't handle the stunt. Just <laughs> make Mango said goodbye. Like uh, the game against the Raiders last year was ridiculous. Some other games in 2019 were ridiculous too. And Bear Tucker handles stunts really, really well and blitzes. You know, he knows when the linebacker showing off is coming, he can handle it. I was really, really impressed too. And he also shows good awareness in the ground game, always realizing free snap which linebacker he needs to block when he needs to climb to the second level. He doesn't take bad angles. So overall, guys, Elijah Vertucker is an athletic player while not being the most athletic player there is with refined technique. 
He stands yeah. out for his mobility and his excellent job in pass protection. I see him as a day one starter for us. And Jets wise talking now, he's a perfect fit, in my opinion, you know. Because Agreed. what Eric Tucker does well is what the Jets do need most right now. He's solid in pass protection. Solid, very solid in pass protection. So if it's Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Jesus Christ. Or yeah, let's, let's, Gordo, just, let's just we're just not gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If either one of these guys, we're gonna have a great, great anchor in the left guard spot. I feel him's the left guard for the Jets, and he's a great reach blocker, which makes him a great fit for the wide zone scheme. Mm-hmm. The Jets are gonna be running a lot of wide zone to the left because that's where yep. Mikai back plays. Absolutely. So you need to reach the three tech, reach the three tech, and, and man, this guy, Ver Tucker, he can reach out the three tackle. I'm sure of that. He has it. Mm-hmm. So. The fact that he played most of his college career snaps at guard, in my opinion, will also make him make, also help him make an easy transition to guard in the NFL. And I can see, fellas, Backton Tucker being the nastiest young duo in the league in the next years, in the oh, following yeah. years. I can see that. You know, for sure. It's like, I would say it's the beauty and the beast, right? Yeah. Backton is the beast. Yeah. He's going to knock you off. But Vert Tucker, he is the beauty because he has a great technique. He will reach you up smoothly. He will help everything just run smoothly on the left side. Well, back to his front siding, driving yep. you off to the sideline in the wide zone. So, uh, you know, I couldn't help myself but to be really, really excited when watching Barry Tucker's tape at left guard. I believe he is going to be a great pick for the Jets if he's there at 23. And I wouldn't mind trading up something to get this guy. No, I wouldn't either. I yep. wouldn't either. So, guys, if you have anything to add, hop in because my pick is AVT forever. Uh, and with both of these guys, you really can't go wrong. You agreed. You got the bully in Jenkins. You got the finesse technician in AVT, and both these guys can start day one and yeah. be and be pretty dominant. Right oh, yeah. off the bat yeah they they will be functional yep. functional starters immediately there was a way the jets could trade 34 and a third rounder and get both of these guys at like 15 and 23 oh my. oh man oh this would my. be a great yeah. line that great would be line. great line so that would be a five from left to right of makai becton elijah vera tucker connor mcgovern tevin jenkins george Fant. Yes. And if George Fant is the weakest link in your offensive line, you have a good offensive line. You have line. a good line. Yeah. 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 You've you've, you've, good yep. If George Fant's your worst one, you have a good line. Damn, that's yeah. That would be that would be something. I'm I don't know if it would happen, but I mean if there's any position for former offensive lineman Joe Douglas to go all out for uh, offensive line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I really don't think JD's going to, but Alex Lewis and Greg Van Broden. The start again. He's going to be aggressive. That's my opinion. Yeah. He either values mid round guys really highly, like Reed Humphrey, those yeah. guys, when the rest, or he's going to make a move early. I believe. I believe so. I really. I, believe I so. can see it. I think that's. I think they they have more mid round ammo than they need. Mm-hmm. Like they need. They need impact players, mm-hmm. and obviously uh, yeah. they need depth. But they need. They need impact players at positions that aren't that deep this year or, or if they are deep they're deep where every other team has a need and mm-hmm. it's they really need to 
to try and attack. I want to, I will say with the Vera Tucker specifically, the two things that you highlighted, I want to like underline and like highlight in bold was his hips and his smarts because yep. his, his hips and reach blocking, they're excellent. His ability to turn his front side to get, you know, get his shoulders square towards somebody and keep his hips turned to still be moving with the angle of the play is great. Um, and then, like you said, his awareness, he always knows his assignment. He, yep. he always knows who he's supposed to block, when he's supposed to block them, how he's supposed to get there. And if there's a stunt, he's either picking it up or helping the guy next to him pick it up. Yep. And, and that's, he, he, yeah. he looks for work in best bro. Yes, he does. It, he does. It's four or five. He's, he's free. He's looking for work. He's looking for that beat tackle rib. And he's going to knock the guy off. That, you yeah. know, he plays with strength too. He's yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. He he plays yeah. he plays offensive line as it should be played. He plays it like he's part of a unit. It's yep. it's not just I'm my offensive lineman and I'm blocking the guy in front of me. He thinks of it as as a whole. He thinks of everybody's responsibilities, how he can impact them, and that's what you need. That an offensive line is a unit. It's not a single person. And it's yeah, I I can certainly certainly understand trading up for him. Yep. You touched on something there, looking for work. And that's something that always brings me joy when watching offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. Just seeing when what they what do they do when they don't have really anybody to block? Are they looking around for that guy to just take out of the play? Yeah. Are they are, are they are they doing extra? Yeah. And these two guys, they do it. Yeah. Tevin, actually, I will say with Tevin, the one, if I had to pick one negative that I have with him, it's that he has an internal clock in his head. And the second he counts to like 3.4, he stops blocking. If, if it's, if it's pass protection and you'll notice it, especially on rollouts with their quarterback, Spencer Sanders is mobile. He gets out of the pocket all the time. Um, go back and watch. And again, I loved, I love Tevin. I picked him for a reason. I think like he obviously has the mentality. It's just probably he does this to avoid penalties where he'll be blocking, blocking, blocking. And all of a sudden he'll just stand straight up and stop and start like jogging behind. And it's like, I want to see you. It's like, no, like go, go knock somebody out because that's what I just saw you do two plays ago. So I, yep. it's, it's, it's a, it's a nitpick. It's, it's, it's a nitpick, but it's something I noticed. And especially when you're talking compared to Vera Tucker, Vera Tucker doesn't do that. Vera Tucker looks to knock people out on every play. Yep. I'm glad we're on the same page here. So. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Alex Leatherwood. All right. Let's talk about Alex Leatherwood. All right. So he comes from the storied franchise of Alabama. Mm -hmm. They churn out, what, two yep. to three linemen every yep. year? Factory. Factory over there, and he look, he's looked every bit the part of a Bama lineman. He's started forty games for the the, the Crimson Tide. He's uh, blocked the blind side for Hertz, Tua, and Mac Jones, uh, and he has some experience inside as well. He played he uh, all of two thousand eighteen, I believe, yeah. uh, at guard. Yeah, it was a right and, guard. Yeah, right guard, and he didn't look bad. So he's he's got some experience all over the line: left tackle, right tackle, right guard. And uh, and he can definitely move inside again, and mm -hmm. he won't look out of place at all. Uh, let's see, he measured at six five, three twelve. Arm length is about thirty four and three eighths inches. He ran a, a sub five second forty. Uh, take that with a grain of salt. That's impressive. I mean, yeah, pro. <laughs> that's 
but even still, but yeah, well, you got a lineman that size moving that fast. Uh, it opens some eyes. And of course, uh, what we're looking for with these tackles that can move inside is the mixture of movement skills and strength. Because when you're outside, you need those movement skills to be able to handle the, the faster, more athletic edge rushers. While also, if you move inside now, you got to uh, utilize your strength to hold up against the stronger interior defenders. And uh, Leatherwood has it. He's, he's got the movement skills. Of course, they're not on the same page as uh, Vera Tucker, but they're, they're definitely serviceable. Uh, and his strength is good, too. He's, he's definitely a people mover. You can definitely tell in the, in the run game when he's blocking down or sealing the edge. He, uh, he can move these bodies out of the way. And uh, you can tell when, for, with Najee Harris and yeah. the kind of years that he's had, he's, he's opened up some, some big holes for these guys. Oh, yeah. And, Najee thanks his line all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they, they definitely did their job, and Leatherwood especially. Uh, and let's see, as far as movement skills, I, he, like I said, he's not on the same level as Vera Tucker. No. And the, the first two guys, Jenkins and, and AVT, these are guys I'm considering in the first round. I am not saying that for Leatherwood. I would take him in, at 34 in a second. I don't think that. I would put him on the same level as the the first two at all, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Like it, maybe no, he doesn't think... want to trade up for yeah. for a tackle. Maybe he wants to keep his draft capital. Maybe Caleb Far- Caleb Farley slips. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe he wants to go cornerback or some other position. That we have the option now with Leatherwood at thirty four, and I don't think we'd be losing too much. We would be we would be losing a little bit because. Uh, that Leatherwood isn't as polished as the other two. No. And I think that's especially with uh, his foot speed and his uh, ability to change directions. So unlike the other two, I think he would be better service moving inside and staying inside and not being pushed out to, to tackle for when, if, if uh, Fant doesn't Mm -hmm. pan out, I think he would be, more than suited staying inside uh, because when I, I just noticed he'll, he doesn't put himself out of position, but he, his momentum does take him and, yeah. and edge and edge defenders that do have good quick twitch change of direction. They are able to get inside of him and inside it won't hurt him as much. No, it won't. It won't. Uh, That's it he's, won't. he's, he's, he's like, he's an interesting guy. I think, you said that he's one you would want to keep inside at guard. Uh, this, this is my personal take on this. I'm not saying I'm right. This is just how I feel. I'm not moving them any of these three. I'm keeping at guard if I draft them because I'm not, I don't want to go looking for another guard in two years. Yeah, I would. It's, and, it, and it runs the risk of you, you, you bring someone in, you take them, you make them a guard. Well, what if we'll use Tevin Jenkins since I'm not covering him. You take Tevin Jenkins, you make him a guard and he's really good at it. And then you keep him at guard and you say, great, we have a great guard. And you know, you move on from George Fant and you say, okay, well now we'll move Tevin back out to tackle. Well, what if he goes from being a great guard to an average tackle? Now you have two needs. Yes. Now you need yeah, a guard and you need to tackle. That's a fear. And, but I mean, if you have a guy that's playing really well, Right. Well, Why ruin mess, that? Yeah, don't mess with something if it's not broken. Just just keep them there. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's how I feel. Is that if I'm drafting these guys, at least Tankin, Tankins, at least Jenkins and Vera Tucker, and argument's sake at 23 or potentially higher. I guard isn't the the sexy position, positional value, yada yada. Offensive lines matter. I, 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 good offensive linemen matter. And yeah. if if they're a guard, who cares? If they're one of the ten best guards in the NFL, I don't think the Cowboys are mad at all that they drafted Zach Martin. No. And guess what? They're all the better for it. Too. Yeah. And I think that whatever we do, we need to be decisive. Uh, we, yes. can't be, we, we can't be flip flopping here and like, oh, well, that experiment moving them outside didn't work. Let's move them back inside. It, the, the indecision with those kinds of moves. Yeah. Would be very frustrating, not yeah. just for us, the fans, but for the probably the players themselves. I'm sure. I'm sure they. I, you talk to any offensive lineman that plays offensive line, they will swear up and down that you can't just move guys around like that. It's they'll they're the type of guys that are, it's like they don't want to be moved at all. But it's like even even the guys where we're going to take them and make them a guard, they're they're before that. They're saying don't even make them a guard, keep them a tackle because that's what they've been playing. And when the people that play the position say that you got to listen, but in specific circumstances, like Tevin Jenkins, like Alex Leatherwood, like Elijah Vera Tucker, they've all played guard. They've, they have the experience doing it. They, they've had to look at things from a different way and see the angles differently. And remember, at least in, in Jenkins and Leatherwood's case, they've switched sides. I'd argue that switching from left to right is harder than switching from tackle to guard because everything's backwards now. And you used to, you're used to dropping left foot back and, you know, timing your, your kick slide. And now it's your right foot's going back or you used to punch high hand, low hand, and your, your right hand used to be your high hand. Well, now it's the opposite. And to be able to go from at least in, well, we're on Leatherwood. So we're stick with him to go from a season of right guard to two seasons at left tackle is impressive. Yeah, yeah, right tackle, yeah. right guard, left tackle. Yeah, he's he's played both sides and very well too. And right, consistent. right, and consistent. Right, and and you would not that this is necessarily a bad thing, but I don't think there was ever a point where he got better or worse in any spot. He just yeah, stayed consistently effective from no matter where they put him. It's true. Yeah, uh, I would be very comfortable moving him around the interior, or even just keep keep keeping him outside. Uh, but I would prefer him. Inside, I agree. And, you think he would be a left guard him. or a right guard? I would put him at right guard. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, keep him at right guard. Uh, have he, I mean, he's nasty. He's he's mm-hmm. bring some nastiness to the to the yeah. to the position. You don't play for Alabama if you're not exactly. He he definitely fits that mold, uh, and he does have the the movement skills to get to reach blocks. I I've noticed that he is very quick out of his stance and. That helps him getting inside defenders and even getting to his spot uh, in outside zone. And uh, Bama plays a, a good amount of, of, of outside zone yeah. and inside oh, zone yeah. in their own right. Yeah, they run and, a lot of pistol too, a lot of pistol and zone. And he, he, he did not look like he was in a, at a disadvantage playing in that kind of scheme. No. So I feel like he would feel right at home in ours. Yeah, and he played in the best competition too. Yeah. yeah, you're not going mean, to find better than than the SEC. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you could go down the line of murderers row pass rushers he had to face over the years, even going back years before. I mean, it's 
you have you look at the competition of the other guys. You have Tevin Jenkins did a great job against Joseph Osai, and in the ten snaps that he played against Ronnie Perkins, Ronnie Perkins put him on his ass. Yeah. Uh, you have Vera Tucker. The well, last season he was playing guard, so he wasn't going up against the Utah guys like Bradley and I as much. But Bradley and I victimized Austin Jackson, but that's a different argument. Um, it's he, you know, the best guy he faced to tackle this year was Thibodeau. And, you know, Thibodeau is going to be, he's my early number one overall pick next year. Mm-hmm, so that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's a different class, which if we, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but it's why I love Penny Sewell so much because he's been practicing against that alien for two years. <laughs> yeah. It's a steel sharpening steel. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, it's Leatherwood's definitely going to be, going to be the wild card. And I think there's one thing that I want to quickly touch on that this is really specific to Kyle Shanahan that I hope Mike LaFleur like has picked up on and follows. And I hope this isn't a Mike McDaniel thing that we didn't get. The 49ers are great at helping their offensive linemen with their angles pre-snap through motions and shifts. And that if you know, you, you have your center's got to reach block a three tech. That's a hard block from center to get all the way out and reach block a free t- a three tech to the front side. But what they'll do is they'll motion, you know, Debo as a jet sweep right before, you know, the snap and they'll motion into a bunch the other way. And it either causes the linebackers to move one gap over or it causes the defensive line to shift one gap over. And it makes the angle for their linemen easier. It gives them more room or it gives them, you know, an, a tighter angle to choke off. And it's a way for them to compensate for not having, you know, five Jason Kelsey's on their line. Yeah. And so I hope that that's something the Jets continue. I I I believe I believe they will. And I like uh, McGovern here as a rich blocker from the center spot. Yeah, I think he'll do fine. I like him. I like him. Yeah, I can understand the Jets being okay with him and wanting to keep him, especially since Joe Douglas doesn't want to look wrong. He doesn't want to sit there and go, this this was my prized offensive lineman free agent last year, and now I'm drafting a center at 23. But it's 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 tough because I love Creed Humphrey. I mean, not to we, we covered the three guys, and I think it'd be fun to kind of go through some like extra honor rule mention guys because it's such a wide open spot. You know, we never really we don't really know who is gonna be available or when. Like I love Creed Humphrey. I'd take Creed Humphrey at 23 and be perfectly happy with it. But as you said, yep. he seems more than ready to go to roll with McGovern. Right. And, right. And yeah. Be happy yeah. With and that. I think Creed's a center. I don't want him playing guard. Not that he can't, but I think he's so good as a center and so smart with his line checks that I wouldn't want him doing anything else. Yeah, I told you guys offline, I think Creed would be the next Nick Nagel, like Jet Center for the next 10 years. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't pass on him. You know, at 34, no. if Creed is 34, I would not pass on him. I don't care about McGovern. No, he reminds me of Alex Mack. Yep. Yeah. And you know, Alex Mack, Mack is the fit for Kyle Shanahan's team. Yeah. He just signed he him in San Francisco fit. again. Best, yeah. Best center he's had. Best center he's had. In Atlanta, he was sick. sick. Yeah. Oh, God. Really, yeah. Really good. During their heyday in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. He was. Yep. He was really good. And I think Creed could be just as good. He would be, he would be a no brainer at 34 for the Jets. Oh, yeah. I don't care. If I don't care if Joe Douglas wants to play McGovern. Right. I don't care. Like the yeah. first year guard, then he moved him back at center. You know, the Jets cannot can do not pick players because of George Fan and Connor McGovern. That's Agreed. that's my line of thought, you know. 
Agreed. You know, they're guys, they're good, they're solid, but they won't be here long. So if the no. Jets, you know, they have, let's suppose Ver Tucker's off the board and the Jets have chance to get Jenkins and he develops much better as a right tackle. You play the guy at right tackle, you draft the guy. If you don't, even if you don't think he can be a good guard, you draft the guy to play right tackle. You know? Yeah. I Maybe mean, not now, but he will play. And 34, same thing for Creed here. You don't think he's going to start from day one? You pick the guy. He's just too good to pass up, you know? Yeah, I, I would love Creed I at 34. I agree. I would love Creed at 34. I think he's going to go to Green Bay at the end of the first. Yeah, I don't see him making him out of the first round. Yeah, He's such a technician yeah. at center, and he, yeah. he hasn't played a single snap outside of center. Not because right. he can't, but because no, from day one, so he was the guy. Right, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a really, really good center. Uh, it's, he it's the, would, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. He would improve the center position for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, yeah, especially after losing Corey Lindsley? Absolutely. No, I, I think he's better than Lindsley. Maybe not from day one, maybe from week eight. Mm, I don't know. Lindsley's like uh, he's a late bloomer at a center spot. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, he did, uh, did kind of bloom late. Yeah, uh, I really, I really, really like Reed. Maybe you know, from week eight on, week ten, back half of the season for the Packers, if they draft Creed Humphrey, he may be better than Corey Lindsley already. I don't know. Just well, spitting it out here. The Packers have the benefit of having uh, Ellington Jenkins, though. Who can also? Yep. This is true. The Packers are a great team. They're a great team. I'm I'm so jealous of teams like the Saints that just stockpile offensive linemen. Yep. Like I was looking at the Saints roster the other day, like working on my mock draft, trying to find like where their needs were, and I just kept looking through their offensive line. I was like, oh, first round pick, first round pick, first round pick, first round pick, like former first round pick. Uh, you know, it's it's just they just pile dudes and they do it in the first round all the time. And then their line is never bad. It, it's if there's one thing about the Saints, it's their offensive line is good. Everything else yep. on the team can be a problem, but but their offensive line is going to be good, and it's it's kept them it, at the very least competitive when yeah. other parts of their team have let them down. The great teams build their lines first. Yeah, yeah. Win in the trenches. I know that the Saints will always move the ball because of their line. They always move. Yeah, the that's the way to put they it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. They will move the ball in, yeah. They have a great line. You know, it won't stop it all the time, but they will move the ball in. Yeah. And that's, if you look at the 2019 Jets, that's what they couldn't do. Yeah. The Jets couldn't move the ball. I mean, Adam Gase wasn't calling good plays, but even the plays that he called that might have worked, they didn't have, they couldn't block. You know what's so weird about 2019? I like Frank Pollock. You know, I thought he was a good hire. I really don't know what happened. You know, like, it was the worst offensive line group the Jets have had. It yeah. was just sick. Le'Veon Bell got tackled behind the line of scrimmage, basically so on that handoff. So much. I will die on the hill that the Bell signing could have been success- successful if Adam Gase learned to block backside defensive ends on zone runs at least one time. Like, Week the- one, 2019 against the Bills, the Jets were in a lot of split zone and it worked because Chris Herndon was there. You yeah. know? I don't know yeah. why we quit. Yeah. No, it, it's it's... It's sad, and and it's even sadder because they had had so many years of poor drafting and just outright neglecting the offensive line that there wasn't even anyone behind them to really replace the starters. It wasn't like there's, you know, we have this young guy waiting in the wings that we're going to give a shot and see if he does any better. It's like they don't have anyone. Like, there's just there's just nothing there. The, the Jets spent their, you know, way longer than they should have thinking Brian Winters was good. 
Yep. And now yeah. I hope I hope Cameron Clark fans out. Or yeah. Browns or not. Me too. I, you know. I, I liked him last year. The only thing is, I don't think he really fits our system very well. No. Maybe as a right guard. Right now. But, but not ideally. I mean, but neither does uh, Van Roten or Lewis. No, and no, they don't. No, too, Lewis, yeah. especially. Lewis is an awful fit for this scheme. Yeah. The, our, our depth and, and starting at in, in inside the uh, line is just very slim pickings right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we want to, I want to be fair to Joe Douglas because I think, I think he was, he was obviously in on Joe Thune, but if, if I got offered $85 million and the opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes, when I've spent my whole career in new England in the playoffs, I get it. Everyone will go KC. Right. It's I, I get that Corey Lindsley, you know, they, they made him the highest paid center of all time. Is Joe Douglas going to want to sign the highest paid center of all time a year after signing the best center on the market that everyone said, you know, nope. that's uh, yeah, right. Yeah. He's not, he's not going to want to do that. Yeah. And you look at Lindsley, you get to go play with potentially the next great quarterback in Justin Herbert and you're the highest paid center of all time. And you're in LA. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. I, I can, I can see that. And there really wasn't much left outside of that. Is Trey Turner still available? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. How is he not? How is he not in Florham Park yet? Why is he not signed to be the starting right guard? Like that's this is where I think we can criticize Joe Douglas because that's my that's my point. Yeah, yeah, is that I can I can live. I everyone wanted Dooney. We all wanted Dooney. We all thought he was you know Joe Douglas was going to give him a bunch of money, and he tried to. You know, it's sad, but no one predicted Kansas City having the money to give him eighty five million. You know, that's sad. We pivoted to Lindsley. We that was more of a hope. We had heard all the talk that they liked McGovern. We didn't want to believe it. So we can, I can, I can live with that from from the aspect a little bit. But there's guys that have been available that they haven't even been talking to. Like, you don't want to trade for Gabe Jackson. I mean, he's not the best scheme fit again, but is he's way better than who you have now? Yeah, I think there's a lot of pride. Yeah, holding it back. Yeah, no, I think so. I think Joe Douglas wants to pride himself on being able to scout offensive line, and I hope he's right. Yeah, <laughs> he has to be right. Or yeah, he has to be right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he absolutely has to be right, especially if you're about to pick your rookie quarterback second overall. Yeah. I, we That's just why watched. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's great the Jets would double down O line two three twenty third three and thirty four O line doubling down or maybe trading up. You got a guy like. Early, like Bert Zucker, the 15th pick, then picking again, it's been picking on their line. I, I, I could see it. I could see it. Everyone's been talking about can we trade Sam in 34 to move up? I hope. I just don't know with who. Pittsburgh. Maybe to Denver. Maybe to Denver. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is an option. I think there was one thing I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but the idea of 23 and Sam to Carolina for eight. Would they take I mean, it? Which take, I'm not sure they would. And I think Slater there, right? And pick Slater at eight. Yeah, that, that's good. Sure. Because if you want to talk about who's the ideal left guard fit for this scheme, if you could pick anybody in this draft class, it's Rashawn Slater. Slater, yeah. But do you keep him at guard? Yes. Yes. You would keep I, him at guard. You wouldn't. I keep him. him he'd be Zach Martin. Yeah. No, I'm I'm fine with keeping with keeping him at guard because he'd be. 
fighting for top five guard in the NFL within a year. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with having Mekhi Becton with top 10 tackle ceiling right next to Rashawn Slater with top five guard ceiling. That, and they'd make uh, each other better too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like Vera Tucker and Becton would play off each other's strengths, same goes for Slater and Becton. Yeah. First um, down, run to the left. Second down, run to the left. Third down, you run to the left again. Yeah. Yep. Just, that would be it. Keep running left. <laughs> yeah. Keep, uh, yeah. yeah. Keep running left. And then in the third quarter, when they finally slowed you down for a gain of four yards instead of seven, you call the boot off of it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was amazing last year. I think it was the first half of the year where they're running right more yeah. than they were running left. And yeah. It made no sense to me. I'm like, yeah. you've got this mountain of a man. Right. That's just right. Why did you draft him? Yeah. Again, why did you draft him? And you're running right to fan. <laughs> right. Right. We're going to let, we're going to let you, and especially it's not even like they weren't like they were trying to run. They were trying to run like wide zone at a single back. They were trying to get into like a, a trips or a, a th- an 11, 11 personnel at a single back and run wide zone and expect George Fant to kick the defensive end out. And surprise, surprise, it didn't happen. No, it did not happen. And there's Makai Becton on the backside. The defensive end on the backside is like not even in the screen. And the linebackers are coming through against the guards because they can't get to the front side fast enough. And, you know, there's Frank Gore getting tackled for one yard. And there's Makai Becton on the backside of the play looking like, why is no one over here? Like, (laughs) Like, you know, there's, there's, there's no one with, you know, within a 10 mile radius of me and we're running to the right. And was it the Raiders game that they like finally unlocked it and they started running yeah. to the left and there's the clip of him pounding the ground going, feed me, feed me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. That played really well that game too. Yeah. See, but now here's the thing. Are you, would you guys be comfortable with two rookies along that line? I would it be would more comfortable with two are. rookies than I would be with Alex Lewis and Greg McRodin. That's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, if, if, when if you phrase it like that, that's then yeah. Two rookies against status quo, give me yeah. two rookies, man. Give yeah. me two rookies. Yeah, I can't. I, you know, yeah, you got, you got me with that one, Vidor. I can't argue that one. I can't argue. Well, but, you know, giving two rookies the starting spot and both board spots, it's risky. You know, with a rookie quarterback and their back, risky it's very risky it's very risky and i i hope that joe douglas is smart enough to realize why sam darnold failed outside of you know what let me rephrase that i hope joe douglas is smart (laughs) enough yeah yeah let me rephrase that because sam the sam darnold failed because because of sam darnold in some ways but that's beside the point um i hope joe douglas realizes what the jets did wrong that did Sam Darnold no favors. And when he got hired, he said, we're getting protection and playmakers back it up. It promised their parents. Right. 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 We, I promised, you know, Mama Darnold. Christine and Richard Darnold. Yeah. That I'm, His that, yeah. yeah. That we're going to get him protection and we're going to get him playmakers. He had a start. I mean, yeah. Kai Becton's protection and Denzel Mims is a playmaker. Corey Davis is a playmaker, but the one thing that he didn't say is I'm going to get you a good coach. Yeah, yeah. that's, but that wasn't really his choice. No, it wasn't. And and that's the, the problem that he was in. So I hope that whichever quarterback Joe Douglas takes, he invests, invests in his own investment. If that makes any sense, 
where it's like, if you're taking this guy second overall, then do everything in your power over the next few years to make sure he succeeds. It's if it means you go into the season and your cornerback room looks empty. Fine. I don't want Zach Wilson tearing his shoulder because we don't have a left guard that can block. And that was one of our biggest fears. So we talked that talked about last episode is that, well, do we want him running? Do we want him taking those hits? Right. Can he take those hits? Right. And of course we recorded that episode the night before the 49ers trade. So, (laughs) yeah. Right. So we didn't have the context of that and everything going, but now looking at it now, it seems like all signs point to Zach Wilson and that's great. He's a great player. We talked about how he's a great player, but our, what was our biggest worry? Injuries, injuries and frame. And it's a bad offensive line. Zach Wilson is not the guy I want behind a bad offensive line. There are some guys that can, that are better with that than others. If I had to have a bad line, I want Trey Lance, but Zach Wilson is the guy you want him to be clean so that he can read the field and have the time to make the throw accurately because he's not the best throwing under pressure. He can do it, but he hasn't been pressured as much. And so he isn't as controlled with it. And he's not the guy that's really going to stand in the pocket and, you know, take a complete shot from somebody if he can afford not to. He wants to be kept clean. He wants to have space to throw. He wants to be able to just, you know, I'm calling play action off this zone, snap my head around, see the guy throw it. And if that's who you're taking, you got to protect him. Yep. He was only pressured 78 times this past year. Yeah. And and it showed because he was thriving. Even, yeah. even when he was pressured, he was thriving. Yeah. But the fact that if you can keep him clean, he'll, he'll make miracles happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Wilson is at his best when he can be a distributor. When he can just yep. see it and rip it, that's that's when he's going to do his best work. Uh, and speaking of of offensive linemen that would be really good left guards for the Jets, you have Brady Christensen at offensive tackle. You want to talk about somebody at potentially at thirty four? It was BYU's left tackle. I mean BYU, where everyone says Zach Wilson's going to fit with the Jets because they ran the wide zone offense. Well, then why can't Brady Christensen fit as their offensive lineman? Yeah, he can. He would. I think he'd be, I think he'd be a great left guard. I think he'd be not to the same extent as Vera Tucker, but I think they're similar players and that they're smart. They're really good movers. Their hips are really good. They're, you know, aware of their assignments and they know how to reach block. And that's, those are what you want in, in a guard in this scheme. Yep. All right. Well, let's go into Hail Mary closing arguments and call it a show. Um, Matt, you want to start it off? Yeah, we we need to protect these guys. And I think the best way to do that is doubling up on on uh, on offensive linemen. Maybe we do trade up and and get Jenkins for right guard. And maybe yeah. we get Humphrey at 34 for Christensen. And we built that solid line. Uh, yeah. Leatherwood, I, I, he's a nice fallback option. I, yeah. I think he's he's solid in everything that we need him to be, and he'll be that for us. And yeah. we can move him inside and not have to worry about filling that hole again. Yeah, and I would almost guarantee he's there at thirty-four. Yeah, where I the would. rest of these guys, you're hoping, but I, exactly. I really think he'll be there. I think that's part of the argument with him. Actually, is that you know that he's likely to be there at thirty-four, so you can take somebody higher that isn't an offensive lineman. 
Yeah, it's like when you're applying to colleges, you need a safety yeah. school. Right. It's, you it's you're looking at it. You're looking at it from the argument of, do I want to trade up and take Vera Tucker, or do I want Greg Newsom and Alex Leatherwood? Yeah. That's that's an argument to make. There's there's a fair argument to make for both sides. Their argument. Okay, I'll get into Tevin. Uh, it feels like it's been a while since we talked about him, so this will be a fun thing to go back on. Um, again, guard experience, that's important to have. Uh, I think he could be a really good right guard on the backside of plays, just keeping things walled off, driving ones and noses out of the frame, and he's good enough as a mover and aware enough as a player to be the mobile offensive lineman in this scheme that that's what they need. Um, I do think at the end of the day, he'd be a better tackle, but I think he'd be a good guard and a really good tackle. So it's kind of, that's my preference. Um, But I mean, he fits the mentality. And we, we talked about last week with Justin Fields fitting. I mean, out of these three guys, it's, it's Tevin Jenkins fits the mentality. That's it. And if, if we had a need at tackle, a tackle duo of Becton and Jenkins is disgusting. It would be, would be absolutely disgusting. And it would be, it would give you the freedom to run in either direction. Yep. Yep. Which Not just the offensive line either. It matches the demeanor of our wide receivers too. Right. The whole team. Nasty blockers. Yeah. Whole team. Yeah. The whole team is, they, they want to be badasses and good. I mean, that's the team I want, but it's Tevin Jenkins is going to fit that mold. He's your, he's your bully. And I mean, you could, one of those situations where we talked about last week, again, the jets running more 11 because that's what their roster says they're going to do. Well, maybe they start running more duo because they can run duo with Becton and Tevin Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, like- maybe it's, it's, you change the scheme a little bit to, to fit what the team is going to do. And that's what the best teams do. The best teams throughout history will, adapt their scheme to their players, not the other way around. That's what Stefanski did in Cleveland. Yeah. He, he's a white zone guy, but he ran a lot of gaps kings thanks to their ballers like White yeah. Taller and mm-hmm. other guys inside. Yep, Treader. Um, was the other They had Batonio just until I think they cut, but didn't they cut Batonio or did they trade him? Uh, uh, he played Batonio. in the playoff game. He's no, this, just, just recently. Just this past offseason. Not recently. Okay. Okay. I'm like, I could be, maybe I'm thinking of, of, of Teller who they got rid of, but they got rid of one of their guards. I think I'm pretty sure the uh, giants I, signed him. I could be misremembering I, and yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, yeah. Tevin Jenkins would be a, a great right guard and you can never have too many good offensive linemen. And back to Vidor's point here, he's better than Van Rotten or Alex Lewis. So even if he isn't the most ideal scheme fit, he's still better than both those guys. Although it doesn't take much to do that. This is true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. There was part of me that was hoping we'd, we'd bring Dakota, Dakota Dozier back, and that's a part of me I don't want to talk to again. <laughs> or old day Abushi, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The return of the Idzik 12. Oh, Lord. Um, it's like a bad Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the fourth Freddy sequel where you can't believe he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. right. Well, Vidor, let's close it out with AVT and let's call it a day. Okay. 
I'll basically repeat what I said earlier. You know, AVT is a perfect fit for the Jets. What he does well is what the Jets most need right now. He's very solid in pass protection. He's a great reach blocker who blocks well in space. He has refined technique. He plays with strength. He's a complete player. You know, I would say he's the best guard in this draft, not named Rashawn Slater, as you guys said earlier. Mm -hmm. You know, Slater is the guy to play left guard in our system to reach block the three tech all day, but he won't be there at 23. And if no. the Jets need to move up, he won't be there. I think Slater won't be there past the 10th pick. So, no, AVT I think his absolute guy. ceiling is 13 because I don't think he'd get past the Chargers. Yeah. So, you know, in a reasonable word here, AVT is the best, best case scenario for the Jets. You know, uh, scheme three. He's a great player. He, he does everything well. He's a complete left guard who start from day one, and he will be the beauty of the beauty and the beast duel of Tucker and Beckton. Yeah, thunder and lightning. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. I mean, there's Vera Tucker's the, uh, like we talked about with Zach Wilson, the darling. I mean, he's the one everybody's wanting, and it's it's justified. I mean, it's it's completely justified. He fits the scheme. He's really, really smart. The things he's best at are exactly what they're going to ask him to do. And it's the the versatility is nice because people like to have, like we talked about earlier, the option of, well, maybe he could kick out to tackle in the future. That's not what I would do. That's not how I think. That doesn't mean that it it isn't it isn't worth anything. Yeah, and it's yeah, and having a, a a starting guard who can play tackle in a pinch is not a bad thing to have. I mean, yep. back to back to Zach Martin. Uh, like yeah. he he played left tackle for a period of time for the Cowboys this year, and didn't skip I, a I beat. Think he played right tackle, right tackle, right? left tackle. Uh, did he yeah, play both? I, I think he he played right tackle. I remember, but left tackle, I'm not sure. He might. But he anyway, he can move tackle. around. Yeah, right. Yeah, he definitely yeah. just kicked out the tackle for a game and yep. held yep. his own because they needed him to do that. And Zach Martin was a tackle in college that moved to guard that went on to do really good yeah. things and the to counter this is where i'm gonna close go ahead Vitor. go ahead oh he played right tackle against the vikings right Zach tackle okay. and i think yeah veritaker would be a guy that could do the same yeah the jets needed him one day yeah right if fans injured and yeah. your backup left guard is better than your backup right tackle let's get your best five on the line and then yep. he goes over there and this is like i said earlier where it's the the guys who play offensive line and I'm not saying that this isn't valuable, but they always say, don't change, don't change, keep guys in their spot, keep guys in their spot. And then every few years, there's those offensive linemen that come out that are really, really good college tackles with short arms that move to guard, and they go on to be some of the best guards in the NFL almost every time. I mean, I'm trying to go back and think of examples. Zach Martin's always the first one in my head of since you know I've been really studying and covering things. He was the college tackle 2014 the Cowboys pick him in the middle of the first round at right guard. He almost won offensive rookie of the year at right guard. Yep. And he's been, uh, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. Like no doubt, arguably the best player at his position of his generation. And he was a tackle that converted to guard the very next year. Brandon Scherf comes out and it's, he's college tackle at Iowa. Iowa puts good linemen in the NFL. They're always well coached. He's, Really good at tackle, really strong, great feet, great power. Arms aren't quite there. Washington drafts him and makes him a, ref, a right guard. He's one of the best right guards in the NFL. And, you know, look at Ali Marpet. Uh, you want to go even and further down. This was the college tackle. D3 Hobart 
dominates everybody at tackle, but they're worried about the build, moves inside to guard. He's one of the five best left guards in the NFL. How many of these guys have to go on to be great for us to say that it's not a bad thing to do? It's the same story, just repackaged every right. year. Every year, it's here's a really good offensive lineman who's smart, athletic, and talented, but doesn't quite have the arm length to play tackle in the NFL against the elite of the elite edge rushers. So he moves inside to guard. And then they go on to be pro bowlers almost every time because their deficiencies at tackle get mitigated at guard and they get to just use their strengths to their best elements. And it, it's, it kind of makes you think that how many guys going into high school are training because they want to be offensive tackles because they get paid more if they are, that would probably make more money throughout their careers at guard if they chose to stick at guard. Like if you're a high school you know, player coming out and you're six, four, you know, high two eighties planning to grow to be above 300 and you got 32 inch arms, give up on your tackle dreams, go study at guard because you'll get paid $85 million like Joe Thune and not yep. maybe 27 over three years like Sam Tevy. Yep. Yep. I'm right. you here. Yeah. All right. That's our show, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, episode three will be dropping next week. Um, if you have any op- suggestions for topics, feel free to leave them in any comment or anything where you find it. Uh, we'll be getting out of here. Guys, you want to go ahead and drop your Twitters? That way we can get some following going. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You can find me at uh, Zazzy Jets. And you can find me at Vito Paiva M. All right. Perfect. And I'll be at Andrew Golden 17. Uh, this has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week.